Welcome to Let's Catch Up. Guys, thanks for letting me hiatus. It really was, you know, good for my mental health. Now, every now and then did something happen where I almost combusted and just recorded like a six minute episode? Of course. Do I try and cram some of those into this episode? Of course. Really quickly, just want to touch on the fact that the Tiger King series that Nicolas Cage was supposed to star in got knocked from wherever it was supposed to air, so now it's being shopped around again. Hilarious. Um, James Franco is apparently settling and like paying people so that they'll stop talking about his sexual assault allegations. Uh, very cool. I love how basically every like brother duo in Hollywood, one of them's a creep and one of them is like kind of sort of beloved in a weird way. The Francos, the Afflecks. I don't think I have any more examples, but if anyone does, let me know. Um, I mean, obviously, speaking of the Afflecks, what a whirlwind. Um, It just started out as, you know, I really want them to get back together because how beautiful would that be? And now it's just like nonstop barrage of photos of them. And people are convinced that 20 years later, they are remaking shot for shot Jenny, Jenny from the block. That's what it is that they think they're remaking, right? I'm pretty sure. Um... I mean, love that journey for her. Love that journey for both of them, you know? If this is real love and they really are happy to be back together, then I love that. If they're doing a weird public rebound, that's very uncomfortable. But I will be honest with you. The glow up that he has had in just a few weeks under Jennifer Lopez's care. I mean, she's powerful. She is powerful. Um, But he wears a shirt constantly because that back tattoo will take a while to remove that I that I do know um I hope Jennifer Garner is okay with all of this I feel like she probably is um because she's just like a nice person um there's no way to know if A-Rod's okay with it but I have to feel like he's not um there's a whole lot of Yankee Red Sox narrative out there um her singing Sweet Caroline all the Boston I could do without but uh you can't have Ben Affleck without Boston there I'm sure there's some sort of joke there but um yeah how fun is that I mean whatever it's fine she looks great for 52 though that's the craziest thing always um hope they're happy uh briefly before we hop into everything because there's obviously so much more to discuss we're going to talk about Britney's conservatorship we're going to talk about Bill Cosby we're going to talk about the Emmys we're going to talk about DeBaby and I'm going to laugh I'm so sorry we're going to talk about Love Island. Um, what else is there? I c- truly can't even remember. Um, Nick Cannon's children. That was one of the main things that I really wanted to hop on the podcast for, but I saved it for now. Um, I'm going to run through some new TV, and then we're going to talk about Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit really briefly. But before I hop into all of that, I do want to quickly say this podcast, this community supports Simone Biles. Now, I may have teared up the other day when she won that bronze medal. I just love her. And I'm proud of her. And we support women when they tell, we support anyone when they tell us that their brain and their body aren't connecting and it's dangerous because they're launching their body off of apparatuses. Okay? This isn't, this isn't like any other sport. If she cannot get it together upstairs, and I mean that in the nicest way, I'm not saying that anything's wrong with her, obviously. The twisties is something that is specific to this sport. It is dangerous for her to work through pain, through thought processes, whatever, every other sport you could say. Push through it, push through it. 
not this one she could paralyze herself and you can hear it in Lori hernandez's voice when she does the vault and she was supposed to do two and a half twists but she only does one and a half Lori says she only did one and a half i don't even know how she landed and you can hear her in her voice that she's freaked out because it's a very scary thing i don't understand it Lori did she was also so brilliant on all of the little olympic things she's so adorable you know who else was brilliant amber raffin we love her you know who else was actually quite funny kevin hart and snoop dogg have a thing on peacock you guys just download the app if you haven't already because we know it's free they're doing like an olympic like recap basically they peacock has let them fully run wild and it's so funny but point being we love and support Simone Biles here. She's still literally the greatest of all time. Idiotic men on the comment section on the internet. Do a cartwheel, Ben Shapiro. I dare you. Now, guys, let's catch up. All right, let's kick off this episode strong. Um, most of you probably know the ins and outs and the details that I'm about to break down. If not, if you've just been waiting on me, thank you for waiting. I'm ready. I hear you. Um, we're discussing Britney's conservatorship. Even if you're vaguely familiar, we're really going to try and break it down here. Um, we're going to discuss Britney Spears, okay? We're going to discuss how we're going to free her one kind of weird documentary at a time. We have to begin in 2008. Just take yourself back. The Twilight movie has premiered. You're taking pictures with your friends on a digital camera. You're uploading them to a Facebook album. And Britney Spears is being put on a, under a proverbial lock and key. She has broken a car window with an umbrella. She has shaved her head. She has driven her car with her child seated in her lap. No car seat. I just have a feeling that that's not that uncommon in rural areas of America. Someone just took a picture of her. Anyway, it's obviously not okay. I'm not saying it's okay. Anyway. A legal guardianship is uh, put into place because she is being said, it's being said that she cannot take care of herself. Her world is crumbling down around her. Her father saw an opportunity. That part, last part, I suppose, allegedly. He initially sought the conservatorship over her. Also, how many times am I going to say conservatorship and how many times am I going to trip over it? <laughs> he originally sought the conservatorship over her finances and decision making just in the state of California. But in 2018, he sought to extend it 10 years and include Hawaii, Louisiana and some other states because he's the worst. So the initial purpose of the conservatorship was to make sure she wasn't making bad decisions with herself or her money, which when you put it like that, I do start to wonder if I should be under conservatorship, but then your spending becomes court accessible documents and it's no one's business how much I spend at Target or how often. Brittany has been busy the last 10 years, dropping albums every couple of years, the Las Vegas residency. She was on the X Factor for a while, and she got that little gif of herself making that confused face. But the conservatorship profits off of all of these decisions, which makes you wonder, is she making them? When she spent $1.1 million in conservator and legal fees in 2019, her father made $128,000 of that. That's a lot of money for someone who isn't doing any of the work. In 2018, when Brittany checked into a mental health facility, her co-conservator resigned, leaving her father to be the only one controlling her money or decision-making, again, despite her being a grown woman with children. This, to me, in the timeline, does feel like when things start to crumble a little bit for Jamie Spears, conservator, not extraordinaire. In May 2019, Brittany petitioned the court to end the conservatorship, um, and this is where we start to see some scenes in that documentary. A few months later, there are child abuse allegations against her father towards her son, Sean. Insane. 
A restraining order is filed. He steps down as the personal conservator but remains the financial one because apparently you can have two people here. So her manager becomes the personal one. Her dad stays in charge of the money. In early 2020, the conservatorship is extended again, and I think that's when people started to fully lose it. They were like, she's in her 20s, she's children, despite the low-rise shorts, she's an adult. If she's competent, competent enough to perform every night, she's competent enough to make a budget or make mistakes budgeting, but she'll never learn if you just run her life for her. When she asked the courts in August of 2019 to make the woman who had been her manager and personal conservator uh, fully take over the situation and no longer allow her dead any power, the judge just extended it. Okay, Brenda. That's the judge's name. Not making that up, I swear. Okay, so now we've got one of the saddest bits. It's revealed around this time that Jamie Lynn has secretly been listed as a trustee on Britney's trust made for her children and that she had just filed for more visibility to Britney's financials. Excuse me, you want to ruin Zoe 101 and then come incorrect again? That Sweet Magnolia program cannot save you. It's not your fault your parents combine their names to name you, but there's a reason your sister named Britney is the one who's famous. And her talent, but still. So then Brittany files saying that she wants all court documents and proceedings moving forward to be made public. This is in late 2020. This obviously proves to be huge earlier this year. The end of 2020, the conservatorship was extended for the fourth time within one year to September of 2021. And Jamie Spears acknowledges that he hasn't spoken to his daughter in months and misses her. I'm so sorry. You run her house and her finances and she doesn't want to speak to you? Sounds like a bad sign, Jack. Around this time, I remember the Rosamund Pike movie where she's scamming old people. This feels the same way. The way that film ended, yikes. So this summer is when we find out some of the most shocking and disturbing details, including that she called the conservative conservatorship, there it is, an oppressive tool against her back in 2016, so they've been new. She said in 2019 that they were forcing her to perform against her will. She wasn't even allowed to decide her kitchen cabinet color. I'm so sorry, this is no way for a grown-up to live. So then we get her in court this past summer saying she wants it to end. They have forced her to have an IUD even though she wants more kids. She's not allowed to get married again. Such a load of crap. She knows it's abusive. They shouldn't be able to get away with it. Yes, man. Fist pump. Hashtag free Britney. So we don't know what's going to happen next. There's a discussion of the conservatorship continuing, but it's no longer going to force her to perform. Her father will no longer be involved. That like still financially benefits her family, like Jamie Lynn or somebody in some way. So that feels like a no thanks to me. Dad is receiving a whopping $2,000 a month allowance, which is apparently more than he allows Brittany to have. So her new attorney, because that's the other thing, is that in the midst of all this, there's been a lot of personnel shifts. It's like NBA free agency. People are resigning and trying to get out, get out of there before, you know, the heat really gets on them. Her new attorney filed a petition to have her father removed for the conservatorship, which feels like a great first step. This man told her she couldn't go to Hawaii and waste money that she made. She was in Las Vegas every night, sir. Every time I listen to Circus, it's because I expect Brittany to take a nice vacation as a result. Thank you so much. Her father now says he wants it to end if it'll make his daughter happy. Listen, not him being an actual roach when the lights turn on, scurrying around, being like, um, um, it's fine, I guess, if it's over. You, Jamie Lynn, and that garbage brother can head on back to Louisiana. Okay, very big time trigger warning for this story um, of something that I missed while I was gone, but I certainly wanted to talk about it's arguably some of the worst news that was unearthed while I was away. It's Bill Cosby. So um, I would say give yourself four minutes and then you should be in the clear here. 
I'm not going to talk about specifics, obviously. I'm just going to talk about, like, the unfortunate and gross criminal justice system. Uh, so I guess a trigger warning for that as well, you know? Um, but I did want to discuss it because I wanted to clarify for other people because I initially was like very angry and I'm obviously still angry but I do think it's important for people to know why he's being released and it's not because like we don't believe women we do it's just like apparently this the system god I don't know why I said apparently like we all don't know the system is jacked so the state of Pennsylvania not doing a good enough job. Um, so I guess Bill Cosby is back in the world and allegedly attempting considering making a career comeback. I know that was a lot of words, but there have been rumors that he's like trying to shop around a stand-up special, which I didn't think he had much of a career left by the time he was charged. I felt like by like 10 years ago, Hannibal had taken care of his career I don't know. If you didn't know, also, this is my favorite thing, is Hannibal Burris is the one that kind of said the unspoken. Like, people definitely knew that Cosby was a creep. And Hannibal, during a stand-up set, said, why don't you stop telling black boys to pull up their pants and stop assaulting women? And it was recorded. And it feels like, to me, still to this day, that he kind of tipped the domino. I doubt he feels, like, that important in this story. But I think that he is because I feel like that was the first time a lot of people were, like, oh, it's real, and then, like, women started coming out, and then, as we have seen with, like, literally any other situation, they hear one another speak, and they say, yep, hashtag me too. As a reminder, it's not just a colloquialism. It actually means what it says. Anyway, Cosby served three years, which is honestly longer than I remembered, so that was, like, a pleasant surprise for me. I thought he'd only been in there for, like, six to eight months, so when I was getting the details nailed down, I was like, oh, I guess that's I don't know. It's not good, but it's better than nothing. It was a Temple Sports Administrator that had the evidence discovered within the statute of limitations, which is why he was charged in Pennsylvania. I think that's where he's from and he has a house there, but still it's like there were definitely like LA situations here, but in terms of the statute of limitations, which was 12 years in Pennsylvania, um, the this woman named Andrea or Andrea, I'm not sure to be completely honest with you, was the one who was still within this, the 12 years. Um, the way he got out was honestly very strange. It, like people on Twitter were like, it's because of the system, but it seems like such a loophole and I don't really understand, but a previous DA had made a promise to Bill Cosby that he wouldn't be charged, but it was never in writing or anything. So when he gave incriminating testimony, the current DA was like, locked and loaded, let's charge him. And I guess after three years, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was like, yeah, that's not okay. Which, like, the court system is so wonky because I guess you can pinky promise someone that you're not going to charge them and then they don't have to go to jail. Like, maybe they'll go for a little while, but then they're good to go. I don't know. If you know more about this, obviously, let me know because I am I have never been well I did go to one one class in law school it's no big deal um no big deal it was contracts so actually has nothing to do with this or does it have everything to do with this I don't know because I don't know anything but what I do know is that Felicia Rashad tweeted um finally a terrible wrong has been righted which that was just upsetting she's our Claire Huxtable we must ask her sister how she feels Debbie Debbie can you check on your sister um, another disturbing fact from his prison sentence was that he refused parole while he was there because he didn't want to go through the sex offender program, which would have granted him parole, which I feel like that's a separate conversation that we probably need to have, right? You can get out sooner if you acknowledge that you have, oh, yikes. But he was like, I'd rather serve the full 10 years. Okay, garbage person. Um, loved the Cosby show growing up, truly did. 
This was a major disappointment, but guess what I haven't watched in years because I don't need to support this man? The Cosby Show. Raven Simone has gotten her bag in other ways, you know? Let's take a hard pivot and discuss something that is almost of zero consequence. Emmy nominations. Yay, they make me happy. Um, there's nothing like super exciting, but I'm just going to run through them just so you guys have an idea of what's going to happen. They're airing Sunday evening, September 19th. You know, I love an award show. It's TV, my pride and joy. Um, all right, let's discuss who's denominated per usual. I have not the slightest idea who will win or should win, but I have opinions. Shows we expected, uh, Bridgerton, Lovecraft Country, Pen15, Ted Lasso, The Mandalorian. Great. What fun new or newish shows to be recognized? Things that consistently get nominated, should they be anymore? I don't know. This Is Us, Handmaid's Tale, The Crown, Blackish, and for some reason, Emily in Paris is rearing its head again. Hacks is also nominated, which is very exciting. But again, the Emily in Paris thing makes me wonder, like, do I even want to watch season two? I probably will. Um, a lot of nominees are similar to the Globes for leads, and they're also from these shows, right? Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, Josh O'Connor, Olivia Coleman, Emma Corrin, uh, The Crown, Uzo Adoba is nominated for In Treatment, which I can't watch. It seems too sad for me. Ted Lasso as a whole has like 20 something nominations from front to back, like writing behind the scenes, you know, Jason Sudeikis. I mean, he's really having himself a year despite the fact that Harry Styles' facial hair is starting to look like him. I'm obsessed with people on the internet being like, she's turning him into a dad. <laughs> um, Bowen Yang is nominated for Best Supporting Actor for SNL. King, we love. Um, Outstanding Limited Series is a fun category this year because it's got Mare, I May Destroy You, WandaVision, Queen's Gambit, Underground Railroad. Like, living in the age of the limited series, and I'm obsessed. All great, so different, very fun. Um, and then you have lead and supporting actor and actress for limited series, so like, People you would expect from those shows are nominated. Katherine Hahn, Anya Taylor-Joy, Jean Smart, Kate Winslet, all fun. Like, it's kind of fun to have a category full of people that there's like five or six nominees. And you're like, if anyone wins, I'll be happy. Uh, Hamilton is nominated all over the place. And I loved Twitter's reaction because I do believe this is Lynn's opportunity to become an EGOT winner. Listen, these EGOT winners work really hard at collecting number four. They go out of their way. See Ben Platt. Um... There's just two nominees in Variety Sketch Series, which is funny to me. It's Black Lay Sketch Show and SNL. Um, Jesus and Mara were not nominated for a talk series. Rigged. I'm really angry. I really am. All the Queer Eye guys are nominated. All of the Shark Tank people are nominated for Best Host. <laughs> which, like, they don't host. They have a narrator. Whatever. Nicole Byer is nominated for Yale Nailed It, which we absolutely love. Obviously, deeply rooting for her because she straight up makes that program, but also she's such a delight. Um, and last but not least, everyone is confused by Don Cheadle getting nominated for a 55-second scene in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I think is powerful. Okay, my first question this week is what, why, what is the baby doing? <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry that I'm going to laugh the whole time we discuss this. 
And it's not because homophobia is funny. Obviously, it is not. It is dangerous. It puts people's lives in in jeopardy. We are not interested in bigotry around these parts. But what we are interested in is people randomly yelling crazy things into microphones at crowds. Okay, quickly, we also need to note that I have this whole time thought that DeBaby was like 24, 25 based on his behavior. He's 29. That's upsetting. His name is also Jonathan Kirk, and every now and then I think that we should call him Jonathan to humble him. Okay, so this man has had like plenty of issues, I feel like, in most people's eyes who support Megan the Stallion, the Stallion, excuse me, because over the past year he's like partnered with and done songs with Tory Lanez and then brought him out on stage right after Megan the Stallion performed. And if you're not familiar, if you don't remember, this is a man that literally shot Megan the Stallion in t- both of her feet and then has pleaded not guilty despite the fact that she has been like, yeah, he shot me. And we all believe Megan, obviously. Uh, let's make something abundantly clear. We are on Megan the Stallion's side, very much so. This man is clearly... Uh, an abuser allegedly allegedly I'm back and I'm scared to get sued (laughs) anyway that's not the point of this whole story it is part of it though because like four months people have been like he was never Megan's friend despite the fact that she has like helped his career and featured him on songs I like crybaby like and it just turns out that he's like a garbage person and he was clearly a garbage person at Rolling Loud which was a music festival that I personally was not familiar with (laughs) He stands up on stage, y'all. I'm so sorry. Okay. And he says these, like, really awful things, first of all, about HIV and AIDS, which I'm not even going to repeat because they um, perpetuate, like, a stereotype that um, about people living with HIV and AIDS. And it's weird because, like, people our age, I feel like I'm just assuming that we're all around the same age here, like, mid to late twins, yeah, early thirds, perhaps. Either way, like, we're not Ronald Reagan's age. Like, we've all been raised to understand that people with HIV and AIDS can very easily, like, live in society, assimilate easily. Like, they're not at risk of dying in two to three weeks, like DeBaby said. Again, it's so problematic. But this is obviously not the funny part of what he yelled. This is, like, really weird um, and uh, continues to be a problem. (laughs) But the part that... (laughs) Sorry. The part that gets me is that he then, so he's like trying to get people to put their phone lights up, like their lighters, I think is actually what he said. Maybe he said phone lighter. I don't know. Um, The other thing also, like if you asked me two years ago, like, oh, do people believe in evidence-based science? I would have said, yeah, of course. So I probably shouldn't be assuming that people are better educated than they are because we're about to run through the whole Greek alphabet with COVID. Anyway, baby, the favorite part of the rant for me is when he's trying to get everyone to put their flashlights up in the air. The alts here are like, put your mother effing lighter in the air, right? Not my vibe personally, but I'm not a rapper, Okay. You have your classic, put your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Hey, ho. Very much my vibe. <laughs> Doesn't seem like the baby's vibe, but a valid option. Um, he also could have said, weirdly enough, if you don't F with disease, let me see those phones. Weird and ironic, considering they were all crowded together while pandemic rages on again. But it's an option. And instead he yelled, Fellas, if you ain't sucking D in the parking lot, put your cell phone lighter <laughs> It's so specific. I was hollering, hollering. That he like goes on to say he's like, if you're not like a gay like he just 
<laughs> he really was like, if you're gay and a fan of mine, you better get a clean STI test and not be hooking up in the parking lot. It's so specific. I can't like, maybe y'all should watch the video. I don't know. Obviously everything is filmed these days. So like, honey, what are we doing? It's and like initially his response was like I have gay friends they're just not dirty and I was like honey stop like someone play the holes thing song digging up up holes he won't stop um it's just like a bold assumption also sorry this is really terrible it's a bold assumption because he's like I have gay friends gay fans but they aren't nasty obviously a wrong thing to say but also a bold assumption for that man to make like I am confident that every famous person has nasty fans but I feel like Tony Bennett has less nasty fans than DaBaby you know I'd say it I'd say it under oath mostly on account of him being 95 lord bless him and keep him but anyway so the internet was immediately like duck canceled which I cannot fault anyone for that joke he was being dropped from festivals left and right Dua Lipa had to issue a statement which is obviously funny because they're like obviously not friends but um because of levitating their associated bless her heart Megan the Stallion's like running from the stage so that she doesn't have to be associated with him or Tory Lanez which again not fair that this woman was literally shot by this man and this boy that claims to be her friend brings the ugh, a garbage person we are not listening to baby's music okay I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry like we gotta learn the original version to levitating no more remix ugh, she's just elevated his career and he continues to you, you, you know what the bed with her help so leaving him in the dust meg will continue to be at the grammys and this boy will not okay he's since a post posted an apology that does have a good point but it seems very defensive he basically was like the internet moves so fast that you can't even get a chance to learn and grow and educate yourself i think we can all agree that that's true the day that it happened we were all like da who da what da why da where because i didn't know what rolling loud was um but we can acknowledge that like he clearly didn't know much about HIV and AIDS and the stigma and needed to be educated. And that's okay. We love learning here, but we don't love slandering specific gay moments. Like it's so weird. I'm, I'm so sorry, but people kept making jokes about him being in the closet and I know it's bad, but like, why was he so specific with what he offered? Miley Cyrus has now said she's willing to like teach him. I don't know what, what that's all about, but I feel like she's in a good place. So if she wants to help him, that's nice of her. I just, how many notes app apologies can one person give? My next question is for Nick Cannon. How, sir? How many children and how many, like, what are we doing? So we have to run through all of Nick Cannon's children because he has seven with four women, which is very, like, Dwight Howard, very, um future well it's not even future I mean we know the future has a real one-for-one one ratio when it comes to children and women which is almost admirable you know at some point it's just like do we have to have so many so anyway so we'll start with the most famous it's the twins with Mariah Carey Monroe and Moroccan um, these kids are close to being teenagers now I think they were born in 2011 so they're 10 um, adorable children and I saw a tweet that was just like you know Mariah doesn't let all these other kids hang out with these twins and that really made me laugh because like you know every time Nick posted about having another baby Mariah was like I'm not telling Monroe and Moroccan 
So those are the first two. Then he has another son with a model named Brittany in February of 2017. This child's name is Golden Saigon or Sagan Cannon. I'm not sure. Kids cute as all get out, of course. His mom's a model. So then the next child is also with Brittany. And this is, I feel, feel like, the first one that caught everyone's eye. And this is the first that uh, loops into the four in a year statistic. So the first three are, you know, just your average. He's got three children, one with his wife, or two with his wife, and one with a girlfriend at the time. Nothing crazy. Then you've got baby number four with said girlfriend. Again, nothing crazy is going on at this point. At this point, he has four children by two different women, and they are, you know, a set of twins and then two children that are like three years apart. This child's name, however, is Powerful Queen Cannon, and there's just too much going on in that name. Powerful Cannon is her name. Uh, maybe they'll call her Powerful Queen. I don't know. I don't know. But there's also like no nickname here. You can't call her PQ. You can't call her maybe Queenie. I don't know. So she's born in December 2020. And like I said, here we go. So then we get some twins. We get some twins coming in June 14th of 2021. So these are children two and three of the four in a year. And these are children five and six of the run up. This is with a new mother. This woman's name is Abby De La Rosa. I assume that they are in a relationship, but it's confusing because he just had Powerful Queen in December of 2020, and then these babies are born in June of 2021. Again, these are also twins. This is Nick's second set of twins. Now, don't make me make a Powerful Cannon joke here, but I think it's just available. Okay, so these children's names, truly the names take such a dark turn here. Powerful Queen is the beginning of the, the end. This child's name is Zion, which is not crazy. We all know Zion Williamson. It's fine. But this child's middle name, I don't think I'm going to pronounce correctly. It is spelled M-I-X-O-L-Y-D-I-A-N. And I'm going to go with Mixolydian. Mixolydian. I don't know. I don't know. But that one's name is difficult, but at least it's Zion. Zion has a twin brother, like I said. Again, Abby's Abby's second child. Zion has a twin brother. <laughs> Zion's name. Zion's twin brother. They're calling Zilly, which is not great, but it's nice because Zion's twin twin brother's name is Zillion Air Cannon. And just say that really quickly for me. Zillion Air Cannon. Yep, they named their child Zillion Air. <sighs> okay. So these are babies two and three in a year, or three and two and three. Oh God, now I'm getting confused. Two and three in a year, five and six in the run-up. Then we have baby number seven, which came out of nowhere, okay? This is the one that I think shocked everyone. This baby was born a week after the other, after the twins. This is Zen S. Cannon. I don't know what the S stands for. I don't, like, the names are just all over the place because they're not all crazy. That's the thing that gets me. It's like, you've got Zillionaire and then you've got Powerful Queen, but then you also have, like, Monroe and Zen. I just, okay, this is baby number seven, and this is baby number four in a year, and this is Zen S. Cannon, and this is the fourth um, mother. This is Alyssa Scott. She's a model. So also keep in mind here, we've got a model, a DJ, a model, and Mariah Carey as the mother of the, these children. 
the way that you know Mariah is keeping those twins in the dark. They're going to do Ancestry.com one day and be like, say what now? A zillionaire? <laughs> and then Mariah's going to have to explain that no, a zillionaire doesn't have a zillion dollars. It's going to be a lot. Anyway, this is baby number seven, four in the last year. I know I keep saying that, but I just don't feel like we're acknowledging that he had four children in one year. Again, one set of twins, four children in one year, two different women. And like three of them were born within like a week of one another. And then he went on to say this was all on purpose. He knew what he was doing. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. But I can't wait for the jokes on Wild and Out. Because they made so many jokes about Mariah when they were getting divorced to his face. You know, about him running back to Mariah. About him going on dates with Mariah and her new man. The jokes that they're going to be making about him having seven kids and all the child support he's going to be paying. They're going to be making jokes about how they're going to have to do that show forever so he can afford all those children, including Zillionaire. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. But what was he doing during this pandemic? Well, I know what he was doing, but like, why? Ah. Um, just really quickly, I want to ask who told these white people that we wanted to know that they aren't bathing their kids. What is this nonsense? I got to be honest with y'all. This was the brick on the gas for me in terms of getting back on, on the podcast. I meant to do it last week, full disclosure. I forgot, truly forgot. And then these white people just kept saying how they didn't bathe their children. And I was like, you got to record this week. You got to get back on the horse. <sighs> okay. So if you're not already familiar, first to do it was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. They came out and they said that they don't bathe their children every day and that they, you know, wait until they smell. You, they wait until they can see the dirt on them, whatever. There's a couple caveats here. One, I don't have children. Two, I've heard people say, like, you don't have to bathe your child every day. I, I get that. You, you know, they take a bath on Sunday. You don't put them in the shower on Monday, but you bathe them on Tuesday. That makes sense to me. Saying that you wait until you can see the dirt, gross. Okay, next caveat. Mila Kunis grew up in Russia, the Ukraine. I can't remember. And also, don't, yeah. Ugh. oh God. Y'all know this is not a history podcast. But she grew up incredibly poor. She was like, we didn't have running water. I didn't ever have hot water growing up. I just splashed water on myself and that's hot. Totally valid. It makes so much sense for her to say that. We totally understand where she's coming from. No one is mad at her. However, there's a couple of things to point out here. One is... This is a caveat to a caveat that you, we assume that most people want better for their children. So if you didn't have running water and your child does have running water, you probably want them to take advantage. Two is you would think that she of all people would understand that um, if they were poor and they weren't bathing their children, they weren't taking care of their children enough, the state would be very quick to take them from them. And that's what the internet was very quick to point out. So if they were ch sending their children to school and they were poor or they were um, immigrants or people of color and they were consistently dirty or consistently smelled that teachers would probably call on Child Protective Services, these people would have their children taken away from them. But that's not the case because they're rich and white. So this is Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, and without any provocation, um, Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell telling us that they do the same thing even though literally no one asked them they just offered it um, that they say that they wait until they can smell their kids which I think they were kind of joking but it's also like you probably don't smell them as soon as you can so like what if they're going to school and they genuinely don't smell but like no one's going to report Kristen Bell's daughter to Child Protective Services you know 
but like a little kid of color who's like being raised by their grandma you know and some like in Detroit or something yeah I'll use all the stereotypes they're probably gonna get the state sicked on them because they're doing their best you know and they're bathing every day but maybe they're wearing you know worn clothes dirty clothes it's just like so ridiculous that these people are like (laughs) we don't bathe our kids often enough and that's something that people are genuinely scared of insane I also feel like you're not developing good hygiene with your children if you're telling them that they don't have to bathe until they smell that's not how bathing works you don't just wait until you smell also like what if they get made fun of at school I don't know I just got a lot of thoughts and someone was also very quick to point out that Kristen Bell has a line of like soaps and lotions and all these things and someone was like just your friendly reminder that she doesn't care about bathing her child but she will make money off of you bathing yours which I did think was funny but like no one asked these people to tell us this they're honestly all four of them so annoying to me I I I I can't I can't no one asked just so annoying you can't blame a pandemic forever. You need to bathe. You, that's the other thing is that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were like, we don't bathe regularly either. Ashton was like, I just like throw water under my armpits. And I was like, are they like, were they given a truth serum? Why are they confessing this? Jeff Bezos is like, thank God he didn't get on this rocket ship. Okay. Let's talk about what we're watching, what we are, what do I normally say? Guys, it's been a while what we're paying attention to, what we're listening to. Um, Okay, so very quickly, I'm going to run down new TV that we're getting or that we have recently gotten that I've just like missed being gone the last few weeks. First thing I'm going to start with is mid-August, actually August 18th, I believe is the first episode, Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. This is a limited series based on a book, so you know who's in it. Nicole Kidman. She said it's been six months since The Undoing, and I know y'all have been looking for my next eerie limited series. If y'all have read this book, you know it's about to be wild. I like genuinely enjoyed the book, but also thought it was kind of weird. But I feel like it should be good for a limited series. Um, There's just like so much new TV out and about. But I'm also trying to cheer on the USA, you know? I'm patriotic. USA. Um, I also, you know, enjoy watching Alona Mars TikTok. She got me into rugby. Shout out to her. She really did the Lord's work for that team. So I hope she's getting some brand deals as her result. Um, but excited about Nine Perfect Strangers, Manny Jacinto, Regina Hall, Melissa McCarthy, along with Nicole Kidman. I'm excited. Bobby Cannavale. Um, I hope that wasn't offensive. <laughs> Rose Burns' husband, in case you forgot. Um, New Outer Banks. Yes, I have seen all the TikToks saying COVID is rampantly spreading while we're watching new episodes of Outer Banks. And it feels like we live in a simulation just doing it part two all over again new never have I ever have not gotten around to that yet but I do like all the kids saying that Debbie is toxic on this season so that's funny um new season of I think you should leave if you guys haven't already watched it if that's your thing I feel like that could easily be controversial um there's a new show on HBO Max called F-Boy Island yes it's bad yes I've watched every episode the premise is that there's three women and that there's a bunch of men and some of them are F-Boys and yes that's what they're being called throughout the course of the program and some of them are nice guys and they um they don't know which one is which and so they're like each trying to date all of them and discover which ones they have the best connections with and then they all three of them eliminate someone every week so like they can eliminate 
someone that like like if there was like me and my friends Jenny and Sue Sue could eliminate someone that I was like building a connection with it's like so so strange and the other thing is like some of them have told us they're f boys some of us some of them have not so like you can't even tell who's who until they get eliminated and then they reveal who they are because these women have terrible dating histories all these guys keeping like I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy they just keep getting rid of like nice men and keeping around these absolute garbage people now if we're gonna be honest I feel like if we pulled down the roster of F-boys and we pulled down the roster of nice guys, the roster of F-boys would arguably be more attractive. And and I know that that's toxic and problematic for saying it, but I just wanted to point it out. I've watched every episode. I have laughed out loud at times, and I have been, like, embarrassed for some of these people. So I will continue to watch. New Virgin River, which I'm no longer checking in for, but obviously no judgment based on what I just literally explained to you. Um, there's bountiful options here from people who masked up and got COVID tested every day to film for us. So thanks, I guess. I don't know. They also got paid and got to leave their houses. So I'm sure that the benefit was mostly for them and not for us, but a lot going on out there. Okay. 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 Every country has love Island and I am pumped. I'm here for it. Um, if you felt like this season of The Bachelorette desperately let you down for so many reasons. Some of these were great guys, but like, God, I think the minute they let Katie go on that date in that oversized t-shirt and like a skinny jean and didn't give her an ounce of an accessory or like detail, like nothing, I think I got legitimately angry at the franchise. Racism? Eh, I'm peeved embarrassed I'm just kidding obviously but like god it was so bad she's like 30 it was just like such a big t-shirt that oh anyway so consuming Love Island nonstop. last year I was like man USA is a bummer because I had consumed all the seasons of UK up to up until that point and I was like the superior being is all the birds trying to crack on in the UK all right didn't think I'd come back without my accent did you but this year, guys, the USA came to play. Okay, again, I chant USA. You, I mean, things I never thought I'd do on this podcast. Um, but if The Bachelorette has bored you and if Paradise, like, appeals to you in the past but you've never gotten into it and you're like, maybe I could do that be, but I don't want to be associated with this franchise, Love Island is for you. It's so wild. I think the thing I've enjoyed the most about this season of the U.S. is that there isn't girl drama. Like there's a love triangle, but both of the girls do not blame one another. And they're so honest with one another. And they're like, this man just needs to make up his mind. But they are like friends. They're like, it is painful and hurtful for me to see my friend with this man. But like, I am not going to be mad at her because we are evolved grown women who are not mad at other women for decisions that men make. That was an applause break. So I hope you clapped. I'm really proud of them. Correct. Maturity. The only downside of Love Island US is it airs on CBS and they don't curse because it's on CBS. So like if you ever want to see them like get real, you have to go on Paramount Plus, which you guys know I pay for. And I have watched some clips just to see. Um, but it is on CBS. So if you aren't watching it live, like you need Paramount Plus to watch it or like just DVR or whatever, but UK is on Hulu. It's just like a couple days behind. 
um, which I feel like more people have. And they didn't used to do that. They used to just release the whole season on Hulu like a month or two after it aired. But now they're they're doing it like just a few, like three or four days behind when everyone in the UK is seeing it. So that's nice to finally be involved. I know Australia was confirmed. Oh, yeah, I told you every country. Australia was confirmed for its third season during the pandemic, and it's being filmed in Australia. Normally, it's filmed somewhere like Fiji. But I don't have any confirmation when it's going to air. It's available on Hulu, though, if you don't have a VPN or anything. I definitely do not. But I think Australia in the past has been like months after it aired in Australia. It was then available in the U.S. on Hulu. So we'll see. But I mean, the U.S. this this year is far superior to the U.K. in this in this season. I, I mean, the U.K. is honestly kind of annoying. Some of the girls are funny, though, which, you know, sometimes that, that's all you really need. It's just girls making each other laugh and becoming friends. How cute is that? Okay, one more thing that we are watching out for. It's the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. The pregnant, now married Black Widow. No reason to include that other than to shock at least one of you that missed the pregnancy announcement. Yes, they are having a baby. Anyway, she's suing Disney. Definitely seems like a mess. It's like that Spider-Man meme of them like pointing at each other in the same suit. when Because the, they keep calling the other greedy. Scarlett says that her contract was breached by Disney um, releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus. That like Disney voided like Marvel's like contract with her or whatever. It was released simultaneously in theaters a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. It comes as a shock to like no one who has lived in the world the past year and a half that theaters, never my favorite place, have become everyone's least favorite place. So like it's simultaneously been released on streaming services so people can stay at home and not catch this virus hmm. just sounded like jfk not get okay anyway hbo max has worked out a lot of these deals as we've discussed on this podcast disney plus obviously has the benefit of the rights to all of their films scarlet's salary was allegedly largely based on the box office profits so when the movie was being streamed she missed out on a lot of money obviously i think we can all understand why she is mad like the the very simple view of this is that like you voided my contract and took money away from me because of a situation out of all of our control. That's annoying. However, it is a little awkward for all of us to search our empty pockets for empathy regarding the additional millions she might have missed out on because Disney put her on blast and told us that she already made $20 million for the film. Yeesh. I understand that some of you are like, well, Megan, you know she didn't take home $20 million. It was taxed. And to you, I say, what did she take home? $10 million? <laughs> Eight million? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. It it was all like, you know, this big deal, right? This was her big Marvel moment, her swan song. The Black Widow film is here, here. And then she wasn't able to fully financially capitalize on that. Again, I say I understand it. I'm just not interested in being like, poor baby. Um, but now Disney was tacky and they tried to act like Scarlett was the villain here for asking for more money during COVID, which is nasty because we know that they actually don't care about COVID and people dying, given that their parks have been open for the vast majority of the time we've all been out here with masks on. So Scarlett's lawyers were like, they're obviously just doing this to increase the Disney Plus subscribers. It's not so much about safety, which I'm sure is true. But the real reason that I brought all of this up as something to watch is because it definitely seems like there's a ripple effect. Scarlett first, 
Then the reports started trickling out that Emma Stone might be considering doing the same for Cruella because it was the same scenario a couple months prior. It was released into theaters, but simultaneously streaming. I think the thing that's like strangest to me is that like, can you not renegotiate a contract here? I don't know. Garlic first, then the reports about Emma Stone. Um, these women are having babies and they need to support them. Hello, the residuals from EZA are not enough. Someone suggested Emily Blunt might do the same regarding Jungle Cruise, which, y'all, why do I want to go see that movie? <laughs> I think Jack Whitehall is so funny. What a fun one. What a whirlwind. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Um, a little summer break never hurt. We were conditioned into believing we deserve summer breaks for the first, like, 20-something years of our lives. And then one day someone was like, you have to still work in June and July. And this podcast host said, not for her hobby. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for making it this far, truly, if you did this week. Because I know it was a little chaotic, but I really had to pack in a lot of info that I'd been holding on to. Um, excited about, oh my gosh, I forgot to mention the White Lotus on HBO, guys, if you aren't watching. What a creepy little hoot and an absolute killer cast. I, I'm really quite enjoying it. Um, so I guess I'll go watch that now and obviously the rest of the Olympics because I'm very into it. As well as the Paralympics because for years I've said I'm going to watch and I never have and so I probably should. I'm also obsessed with that couple from Texas and the track and field couple and she's in the Olympics and he's in the Paralympics so I feel like I should root him on. Um, I guess I'll also go watch Cooking with Paris on Netflix because that's another comeback I'm rooting for. Brittany, Paris, let's go girls. Thanks for catching up guys. See you next week.